I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 31, page 375. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Make haste to deliver me. And be thou my strong rock and house of defense, that thou mayest save me. For thou art my strong rock and my castle. Be thou also my guide, and lead me for thy name's sake. Draw me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Into thy hands I commend my spirit, for thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, thou God of truth. I have hated them that hold of lying vanities, and my trust hath been in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, and hast known my soul in adversities. Thou hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy, and hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble, and mine eye is consumed for very heaviness, yea, my soul and my body. For my life is waxen old with heaviness, and my years with mourning. My strength faileth me because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I became a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And they of mine acquaintance were afraid of me, and they that did see me without conveyed themselves from me. I am clean forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am become like a broken vessel. For I have heard the blasphemy of the multitude, and fear is on every side, while they conspire together against me and take their counsel to take away my life. 
But my hope hath been in thee, O Lord. I have said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies, and from them that persecute me. Show thy servant the light of thy countenance, and save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be confounded, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the ungodly be put to confusion and put to silence in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which cruelly, disdainfully, and despitefully speak against the righteous. O oh, how plentiful is thy goodness, with which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, and that thou hast prepared for them that put their trust in thee, even before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the covert of thine own presence from the plottings of men. Thou shalt keep them secretly in thy tabernacle from the strife of tongues. Thanks be to the Lord, for he hath showed me marvelous great kindness in a strong city. But in my haste, I said, I am cast out of the sight of thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my prayer when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth them that are faithful, and plenteously rewardeth the proud doer. Be strong, and he shall establish your heart, all ye that put your trust in the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice have your fathers found in me, that they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters? Neither did they say, Where is the Lord, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. Lord, handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord, and against your children's children, I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus and see, Send to Kedar and consider diligently, and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, 
and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The begins of the eighth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening to all. A brief thoughts about our lessons. We begin in Psalm 31. Psalm 31 um, has one of the words of our Lord from the cross in it, um, at the outset of it, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Um, and when we, you know, we hear this in the context of the psalm, it uh, puts us in the puzzling position, you know, and that, that draws out something that's obvious in the crucifixion, but not something we um, always think about when we read the passion, the passion narrative. And that is um, the prayer to commend the spirit to God is prayed in the midst of um, circumstances that um, don't seem very much at all like God is in charge or that God is um, actually, you know, in control or able to. Um, bring the situation about. Think about in this situation, the psalmist is praying this beset on all sides by enemies and confronted with a sense of discretion and is sort of warring against the thought that this means God is either inattentive um, to these things, he is maybe perhaps powerless to affect these things, um, and instead, you know, entrusts himself uh, to God when it's not yet clear that um, that, that trust will with certainty um, result in something positive for him. Um, and, you know, when our Lord offers, you know, his spirit to the Father from the cross, it's, of course, in the midst of Good Friday when it seems like um, that the plan has completely come off the rails and that everything we were working for and trying to do and establish has now become, um, has now been brought to nothing. 
And similarly, when St. Stephen, you know, offers this same prayer, uh, it's in the midst of being stoned to death, um, having been filled with the Spirit, having preached with great power, having... It's for us to remember that, you know, when we pray this prayer, this is the prayer for that time when we feel we probably, um, in insofar as we're responding to our immediate circumstances, um, we feel least inclined and it makes the least sense to offer this prayer. Um, and I think we sometimes imagine this prayer is offered when we have a sense of relative security and saying, you know what, I trust you, Lord. Um, but this prayer from the Psalms is actually offered in the midst of perhaps the, the most, you know, the, 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 the least amount of confidence um, in, the, in, in the fact that this prayer will, will be answered positively. And yet, as the psalm resolves and the poetry and the, uh, the poetry resolves, the, the conclusion of it is, of course, that the Lord um, has all along been storing up good things for the faithful and that he, his eyes are never far away from his faithful one. Power um, balance uh, the justice of the world, um, but gives, uh, gives everybody their season um, to demonstrate um, whether they will be faithful or not. Uh, and then visits that judge that justice upon the earth. Um, as we're looking at our lessons, it's curious that this this is the theme that, that connects both of these two readings tonight. One is in Jeremiah two, the Lord is making in this chapter through Jeremiah a kind of formal um, litigation against Israel. Um, he's uh, the, the the format of this part of the the book of Jeremiah is in an old um, kind of um, prosecutorial accusation that a um, a kind of over over king would make when a kind of tribute lord had um, had transgressed some treaty or the or the terms of their uh, covenants. Uh, Israel, as in the role of this kind of subordinate vice regent that had been acting very badly and governing very poorly, um, and you know, in this within Israel, of course, there is um, the Lord's indictment of particularly the priests and the rulers who should have been calling people to covenant faithfulness and right worship and calling people to um, uphold the law and to turn back to God and to forbid the practices of, of, um, of other gods in the land. Um, and then moreover, there are a bunch of prophets running around um, that the Lord calls out for being, um, for not, not delivering his messages to the people, but rather um, finding in the dearth of, that, of, of messages from God um, you know, kind of divinations that they were drawing from other local deities to be able to kind of prop up their credibility as prophets. And so it's just a real disaster that has unfolded in Judah here. And the point of the Lord's claim here is, is um, it's, this, this behavior only makes sense if you're living in a, in a, way, in a kind of profound forgetfulness. Um, if you uh, lived in a, a living remembrance of, and, a, and an active remembrance of who I have been to you and what I have done um, to honor my end of our covenant. Um, this would be an unthinkable thing for you. Um, and so you're, you're living in this kind of um, willful blindness that has made possible this kind of departure from faithfulness. Um, and, and, and because of that, he's going to now lay this judgment at their feet and say, now this judgment that has been stored up by generations that were um, generationally forgetful is now going to forget that the, the consequences of that forgetfulness that you have brought on yourselves by subjugating yourselves to gods who are not gods and to kings who are not the kings I have given you. Um, this is in generations. Um, and it will be a painful reminder of that willful blindness you've been living in for generations now. 
Um, and, it, and it it sort of you know it calls us back to this this judgment is going to have a resounding effect for you know more than just the the people that he's speaking to in that moment. And it acknowledges the kind of interdependent quality of all peoples, but particularly the generations of his own chosen people. Um, that the wisdom that the children were to seek from the fathers and the fathers were to bestow to the children has not been passed along. And, and there is no other way to account for the fact that um, that you know they have not kept, they have not lived as though the things that have happened have happened. And as we look into the into the um into the into the second lesson tonight from John 8 this is really the lord's comment is that he is from above meaning he has the person which means that he has seen he's seen it all and so his judgments and the actions that he is uh, taking and the words he is speaking are all true because they are all done um to and they all reflect perfectly um, the true nature of things that have been since the beginning. And that's Jesus's main point here, is that the judgment that's being put on him is a partial judgment, an incorrect judgment, because uh, because the, the people making it lack the perspective and lacked the wisdom um, from from all time to make to speak truly of the of, of who he is as he is. And so he says, you know, you know, this is going to be for a disaster for you because it always has been for your people. You're going to make these judgments and you're going to lift up the son of man and you're going to realize uh, after it's too late, just as in the time of Jeremiah, that you you by the time it was too late, you finally realized we've we've made a terrible mistake. But then the consequences of it are going to start rolling down um, and it's going to cause um, untold misery for you. Um, and so as we see our Lord begin this journey now to the cross, as is, is signaled by this animosity that is being leveled at him by the, the religious leaders of Jerusalem, um, we're remembering that eventually in the midst of the, what seems to be the perfection of their hatred for him and their success in killing him off, he's going to offer that prayer of the psalmist. Um, and in doing so, he's going to have victory over everything and everyone and his judgments will come true. His judgments will be proved right because in the midst of all that calamity, he continually entrusts himself to what he receives from the father and offers himself in return as a, as a prayer to the father. Um, and so as we live life in Christ, that is really our calling that the circumstances of the world may or may not reflect um, how we think um, the justice of God should look. Um, but nevertheless, in the midst of that, we are to look for all we need from the hand of the Father and like Christ to offer ourselves as a prayer back to the Father. And, and offering ourselves as a prayer means offering every bit of our lives. Um, and sometimes, um, and in the Lenten season kind of draws this out of us, sending off that prayer when the circumstances of life seem the least uh, amenable to it. Um, but that's why we come back again to, uh, to practice that together. We'll close tonight with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. 
reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all, to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It's good to be with you. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful evening. And I'll see you all Sunday morning. Thank you, Father Hayden. Good night, everybody.